Welcome to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson. Kirsten and her guests are here to help you stop struggling with your own self-acceptance and teach you how to love yourself unconditionally. Now, here's Kirsten. Welcome to Freedom for Humans, where we talk about the ways in which we as humans can free ourselves from suffering by practicing unconditional love, acceptance, and compassion for ourselves. I'm Kirsten Johansson, your host. I don't know why I'm laughing. I don't know why. <laughs> Probably because I just attempted to record a show and it just, you know, sometimes it takes me a couple of tries and that's okay. If it just starts and it's going down a road that mm, even if I didn't plan that road, sometimes it's a good road, but sometimes it's like, what am I doing on this road? <laughs> so oh, That's what happens. So anyway, here we are. And it's my last few days in uh, Malta on Gozo. And I have to say, I'm very comfortable here. I'm very comfortable here. I love Gozo. I love my little village. I love my little apartment. I love what I look at when I wake up in the morning. Um, It's very peaceful and quiet. And the culture is it's interesting and it's also a very calming to me. Um, people people leave each other alone here, not in a not in a particularly unfriendly way. Not like that, but just in a mind, everybody kind of minds their own business kind of way. When you strike up a conversation, everybody who I strike up conversations with, even the ones that maybe it just takes a minute to warm up. Sometimes it takes a minute for them to warm up. I always just have kind of a lovely interaction, whether it's at a, you know, at a retail uh, place or just out and about. I always try to have a quick chat. I do spend um, a fair amount of time by myself here. And so it's important to have a chat when you're out. So I do want to mention that to you. If you're somebody who lives alone or spends quite a bit of time alone, it's been uh, studied. And if you have a chat with a stranger when you're out, or even with somebody who's not totally a stranger, but with whom you interact uh, routinely, maybe at the, you know, at a store that you go to or a restaurant that you like or, or whatever, but even a stranger, somebody who you may or may not ever see again, it has been clearly shown to lift both of you, to lift you and your spirits and to lift the spirits of the other person. And I find that time and again, um, that I have not just super interesting chats, but which I do, but I also just generally feel uh, lifted up, um, particularly if I've spent quite a lot of time alone that day. I was uh, just in terms of interesting conversations. I always talk to, I haven't taken a ton of bolts, uh, which are like Ubers. I haven't taken a ton of those. In fact, Bolt keeps emailing me to remind me, uh, aren't you due to go somewhere? Uh, because I do try to walk. I like to walk. And also, you know, uh, I'm, I'm being kind of careful with my expenses. And so if I am going to take a bolt, I usually try to make sure that there's multiple purposes for me to take care of, uh, when I pay for that, for that car service. 
Um, so what I do kind of miss is the fun chats that I have with the drivers. There was a particular driver that brought me home from uh, maybe the dentist, which was also an interesting experience. Um, you know, every time I do something here, that's, you know, something that we do in the U S or whatever your country of origin is. Um, I, it's always a little different. And I, I always go into it thinking, well, this will be interesting. So I was coming home from just getting my teeth cleaned. My teeth needed to be cleaned. I've been, you know, going back and forth. And so the, you know, all the routine ways in which I accessed healthcare have just shifted and are different. And so I do the necessities and I try to, you know, be responsible and do my preventive screening and take care of things that are important. And then the rest, I just let go. I've had so many health issues over the years that um, I prefer not to be medicalized. I prefer not to be involved in the healthcare system if I really don't need to be. But it has resulted in me going a while without going to the dentist. And I could just tell, like, you can kind of see the tartar and stuff build up. You can feel it. It has like kind of a rough texture. So uh, yeah, I looked at that in my magnifying mirror. I was kind of grossed out. So I went and got a, a cleaning. And uh, so here's what was different. And then I'll get back to the driver. So here's what was different. Um, first of all, I called to see how much it was. And I figured uh, just from the experiences that I've had here so far, that it would be around 50 euros. And indeed it was 50 euros. And the the hygienist is there on certain days of the week. It seemed to be similar to the ways in which the doctors float through the pharmacies. So they have other jobs um, and work out of other places. And so they're at the pharmacies on particular days. And often you just pay them directly in cash right there. They'll say, well, that's 20 euros or 25 euros. And you hand them cash. You can pay with a card um, if you go out to the front. But I, my sense is that they prefer cash if you have it. And when I'm here, I almost exclusively use cash except for the types of purchases on my travel card that give me points um, and that are reimbursable. So that's kind of how I manage my uh, my cash versus uh, plastic when I'm here. Very little plastic unless I can reimburse it with my travel points. So anyway, I went and um, so the dentist pulled me back into the very back. I wasn't expecting to see a dentist at all. And he looked in my mouth for literally, I mean, it could have not have been 30 seconds, maybe 15, 20 seconds. And he said, well, this is free. This is free, uh, but you, you got to pay for the cleaning. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. Everything looks great, he says. <laughs> and then also he said, and when would you like to schedule your next cleaning? So he immediately, before I'd even had the cleaning, got me on the books for the next cleaning. So just in terms of like business practices, I'm always observing these things because I'm always curious about the way that people run their businesses. So that's how they ran their business. And, you know, I'm always kind of observant too about my behavior as a consumer because that helps me to understand other people's behavior as a consumer because I'm pretty middle of the road. I mean, I, I, I am influenceable. Um, I'm not super rigid about saying no to things. I'm kind of, I'm kind of in a way, sort of the ideal consumer, um, if that makes sense. And so I booked another appointment 
Now, I'm not sure I'm going to keep it because here's what I'm going to tell you. So they say, okay, we'll go out and sit in the in the front. And when the, I don't remember the hygienist's name, it was a, a gentleman. Uh, when he's finished, um, the other woman who's down there will come up. And when you see her come up, you go down. Okay. So I go and I sit there for a few minutes and eventually up comes the woman. And I think, okay, well, I'm supposed to go down. Now I felt kind of funny. Like I felt like, why well, shouldn't I wait for somebody to call me down? But you know, I try to follow directions. So I go down the stairs and I kind of peek down and I say, are you ready for me? Do you need a moment? No, nope, come down, have a seat there. Okay. He's cleaning up, does a quick cleanup, you know, sprays the chair and all that stuff. Um, puts me in the chair. We have a inconsequential quick chit chat about whatever this or that, where I'm from. And then he shares that he's been to the U S blah, blah. Um, and then he cleans my teeth. Okay. It was different as is pretty much everything here. And the healthcare is, it's just different. Now I'm not totally sure what happened, but here's what it felt like. You know, when you get a deep cleaning, um, in the U S and they actually, if, if your insurance is covering it, usually you have to go into appointments for it to be covered. And they usually put Novocaine uh, because they're going to use one of those like scalar kind of things that get up really in underneath into the gum and kind of underneath the gum. I mean, it can be kind of painful. So they give you Novocaine and then they use those little that and then the other little tools and so forth. And then you go back for your second appointment. Well, I'm not completely sure what happened, but what I think happened is that he just used that right off the bat because it started up the noise of it started up and it hurt it hurt um not bad enough for me to stop him but it hurt <laughs> and I'm like I'm they're like oh wow this is interesting okay so he does that he does a little bit of the scraping that we're all used to with the little pointy tool he admonishes me for brushing too hard with too hard of a brush because my gums are receding, which I already know. He gives me a tutorial on brushing. He asks me about my flossing, which I'm a very good flosser, but he tells me to use something different because I'm missing these little spots in the back. And then he he polishes and and I rinse. And, and that's pretty much it. Um, you know, it was just a kind of a, a, a different and very fast and sort of a bare bones cleaning. Now, I didn't necessarily get the aesthetic results I was hoping for. And I'm not really sure if that's possible. I was talking to a friend and she just reminded me that her dentist had said, yeah, when, as you age, um, the, the teeth kind of take on a little bit of yellowing. And so where the tartar was, it's a little yellow. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about appearance today. So while I'm not totally worried about it, um, you know, I don't know. I, I did a little online looking because I don't like to put chemicals in my body, particularly in my mouth and probably some hydrogen peroxide and a little bit of baking soda. I might just use that as a toothpaste and see how we do with that. So anyway, I don't know if I'm going to keep that follow-up appointment in late February when I'll be back here. We'll see. Maybe it's a lot less expensive um, then trying to go in the U.S. and pay out of pocket. And just my insurance does have some dental coverage, but it's hard to get in. And the last time I scheduled, uh, it was canceled. And I have some other things to take care of 
um, when I go in terms of my healthcare. And so I decided to just get that done here. So anyway, back to my point on the way home, I was chatting with my driver and uh, he was an older gentleman. I'm going to guess it's hard to tell because there's a ton of sun here. And so the, the older people have just gotten a lot of sun. And so their skin reflects that. And, and so I would guess he was in his seventies at least could be wrong, but I'm thinking in his seventies. So we're having a chat and he tells me, uh, that he had retired and that he had a pension and that something happened with the pandemic that I didn't fully, I didn't fully get, you know, it's always a little bit broken English here, a little bit or a lot. So I didn't fully get that part. But what I did get was that he could not abide being at home. It was not for him at all. He he hated it. So this idea that he had worked his whole life and that he could now um, collect his pension and relax was apparently in no way relaxing to him. So he decided that he would uh, drive Bolt. So he bought a car, a different car, I think, specifically for that and I said, oh, so, you know, do you, cause I kind of know what they, the types of shifts they work for just for talking to them a lot. I said, oh, do you work in the morning and then take some time off in the middle of the day for, for lunch and to rest. And then you come back out at night and he says, no, nope. I start at three in the morning and I work until I think he said 10 or 11 at night or something. And I said, really, do you, do you take a break? No, I don't take a break. Huh? Do you do you do you take a break for lunch? No, I take you know five ten minutes and I eat, and then I get back to to what I'm doing. And I said, I'm 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 getting the impression that you enjoy, uh, that you enjoy working, and that you enjoy what you're doing. He said, I love it, I love it. And I had noticed that he was playing country music, American country music. And it was very nice. It was very pleasant and very soothing. And I commented on it. I said, oh, you like country music? He said, I love it. I love it. And I said, it's very, it's very soothing and peaceful. He said, yes, it's wonderful. Um, and then he said, I will die in this car. I would rather die in this car than die at home. I love working. I love driving. I love meeting people and talking to people. I love it. So what what I always appreciate, I mean, I always appreciate hearing people's stories because I find people fascinating. But I love when I get to interact with somebody who just knows who they are, you know, gave something a try, retirement in his case, didn't like it, did not sink into depression, which happens like people sometimes retire and sink into depression or develop later in life, um, problems with alcohol and things like that because, uh, their, their purpose, their, their purpose is missing and they maybe are unable to, or don't, are not quite sure how to find that purpose in those retirement years. And he just was like, I'm going to go back to work and this is what I'm going to do. And he does it in a way that he enjoys it and wants to keep doing it has, you know, that thing about, well, if I can just get through this so I can get to this other thing, 
it kind of shats upon the current, the now, the what you're doing. If you're trying to just get through the current thing that you're doing so that you can get to the other thing that you think you really want to do, first of all, you never made, you might never get to that other thing. We don't really know what life is going to bring us. But also it takes the shine and the joy and the awe and the wonder that could be had with what is happening right now. Now, who would think that, you know, this guy who's driving Bolt from early in the morning till late at night is loving life? Well, there you go. So whatever it is for you is great. If we, if we are willing to take the time and to give ourselves the space to know who we are and what we really want, and then to make the changes in our life that need to be made in order to live in alignment with that, that is freedom. Freedom doesn't necessarily mean sitting on a beach doing nothing. That's, it might feel like that's what freedom is. And maybe that is for somebody, but for most of us, that's, that's not realistic and isn't even necessarily what we would want to be doing. So anyway, I'm getting ready to leave and um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'll just kind of finish up that piece of things. And then I want to talk to you a bit about, not just about appearance really, but about the way in which we speak to each other about appearance and what to do when we have an interaction with someone um, who maybe comments on our appearance and it hurts us and it sticks with us and it makes us feel a certain type of way. Uh, There's an interesting article that I want to share some some pieces of and just um, talk with you about. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break. You are listening to Freedom for Humans, and we will be right back. A little birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Are you tired of overeating, overspending, drinking too much, or being in relationships that drain you? Do you have invasive thoughts that make you feel bad about yourself and your life? Do you keep pushing yourself to the next goal only to find that it doesn't bring you happiness? You don't have to live this way. You can live a life of well-deserved freedom and happiness. Coach Kirsten Johansson is here to guide you. Book your free discovery session today at GiraffeTangoOctopus.com. Have you ever noticed how a television show or a movie uses accent or language differences to communicate meaning to the audience about characters? If not, listen to Accent That with your host, Gail Marie. You'll learn the importance of vocality and how it works. Accent That, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Giraffe Tango Octopus 
Freedom for Humans. Have your own story or have questions for Kirsten or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Freedom for Humans. This is Kirsten, your host. And um, so just to finish up what I was chatting with you about before the break, I'm leaving uh, as I do uh, for 90 days. I'm I'm out of uh, visitor visa days here on Gozo. And it feels strange because I feel so comfortable and at home here. So it feels kind of surreal. And part of that is that it takes a little while to acclimate, particularly because I came to a new place this time. And so, you know, I kind of get really comfortable and in the groove and start feeling really at home and then it's time to go. And on the other side, I am seeing my brother in Arizona. I am hanging out in Seattle, getting some health care. Um, I'm seeing some friends. I'm going to an event that I want to mention to you. So if you're a Seattle listener, there is an event on 11-11, lucky day, 11-11. Um, it's called Nostalgic November. And you can find out more about it on Facebook. Um, just look for Soul Unique events hub. If you go to the soul unique events hub, you'll see a lot of what's going on in Seattle. And specifically you will see a soul unique, soul unique event. Um, it's on 11, 11 and, um, there's going to be food and drink tickets and a DJ and dancing and fun activities to bring people together. And I know that it's going to be a good time. So I'm going to be there. So I get to hang out in Seattle, take care of some business, see some friends um, after I'm in Tucson. And then I drive to my mom's on the Oregon coast and get settled there and spend the remainder of the three months there before I come back here to Malta. Okay. So our topic, our topic. So we talk about appearance. We've talked about appearance on the show a number of times. And um, there was an article that was shared with me by my producer, actually. Um, and it, it, there's no specific author to it. So, you know, I was thinking, oh, I can have the person who wrote the article on the show because I would have loved to have a chat with somebody about it. And I actually tried to get a friend to come on. Uh, she's a little shy. Uh, people, I find that people are shy. Uh, I ask them, I ask sometimes friends to come on the show and, um, one of the common things that I hear is, oh, I don't think I have anything that interesting to say, or, oh, I would be so nervous. I would be so anxious. So that's a common, uh, that's a common fear, I guess I would, I would call it. And in fact, most people um, are quite interesting. Yep. So don't worry about that. Don't worry that you're not interesting because guess what? You probably are. Anyway, it is on a website called Style Seat. And because I'm going to be quoting directly from this article and taking some of the research that they did just directly from the article, I want to be sure to mention a style seat and it's called study the unsolicited appearance comments Americans are tired of hearing. And I thought, hmm, well, this is interesting <clears throat> because here's the thing. Um, we can change the way that we view and feel and believe about our own appearance. We really can. 
it does take practice because we're conditioned typically to evaluate it, to assign our value to it, and to be critical of it. It's just, uh, we have a ton of practice. Most of us have a ton of practice with that because we're socialized and conditioned to do that. And so it feels normal to do that. Like if you don't do it, (laughs) maybe you've given up. Well, I've given up apparently. If that's what it means to stop being mean to yourself about your appearance and to really care about other things um, and not care so much about that, fine. That, I'm there. I've given up. I, I I've put in my uh, I put in more care. Uh, <laughs> put in enough care for several lifetimes. I think at this point. So, um, <clears throat> so we can we can change that. And what I have found in changing that myself is that I don't care how other people look. I used to care um, and be critical, silently critical. And where it came from was I cared so much about my own and I attached my value to the way that I looked. And I would tell myself that I had to keep it all together, you know, all the pieces or else somehow I was not acceptable, you know, not valuable, not, not going to be accepted. Certainly I was going to be judged. Well, why did I think I was going to be judged? Because I was busy judging other people. But that came directly. It wasn't had nothing to do with the other people. Nothing had nothing to do with them. Had nothing to do with the way that I felt about them, how close I was with them or not. It had nothing to do with a particular physical characteristic, their fashion choice. I mean, their their physicality. Nothing it had nothing to do with any of that. It all came from my own criticism of my own self. And so when I stopped that, I stopped caring about all of those same things in other people. And when I say I stopped caring, doesn't mean I don't care about those people. I actually was able to care about those people more, to see them for their true humanity, to not judge them. And to be clear, it wasn't that I have to try not to judge them. I don't have it. Like I'm not judging myself. I'm not putting it in inside of me. So then it doesn't come out onto anyone else. So when I see somebody, I'm no longer evaluating them in the way that I used to evaluate myself. So, you know, one of the changes that I think would be so wonderful and healing for all of us is to uncouple our value, our intrinsic human value from the way we look, from our appearance and to treat other people in that same way. And the only way that that change can happen is for us to individually make that change. There's not going to be a sea change, uh, a panacea, a magic wand. I I don't think that makes that happen. I think we're actually going in many ways in the opposite direction um, with regard to how people present themselves, particularly on social media and how appearance focused it is and how unreal, how how curated um, it all is because people um, typically don't necessarily look like 
what their posts are, if they've applied uh, filters and all the things that are now available on our phones and, and also on the platforms on which we post. So anyway, okay, well, let's get to the, some of the content of this article because um, I just found it, I found it interesting. So first, let me tell you who they talk to. <clears throat> okay, they, uh, this is recent. So it was done in the summer of this year and there were 997 Americans. So almost a thousand people um, were surveyed about their experience and thoughts on talking about somebody's appearance. And they ranged from 18 to 76. They were 49% female, 49% male, and 2% non-binary. So that's who responded to the survey. So initially, you know, they really talk about how words are powerful and how they can lift others up as well as tear them down. And that it doesn't necessarily matter where they where the words come from. So this is where intention and impact, intention and impact, um, I feel like sometimes are at war with themselves in a strange way, because even if we say something and we have a positive intention behind it, it might not have a positive impact on the person to whom we say it. And often what happens is somebody will say, well, that wasn't my intention as if that somehow solves everything. Well, I didn't intend it. So I guess it's fine. I'm going to suggest that in, in this case, at least intention doesn't really matter. What matters is impact. And what this um, article really brings forward is that commenting on other people's appearance regardless of intention and regardless of whether it is a criticism or a compliment is mostly unwanted. It is mostly unwanted and unpleasant. In fact, 88% of the people that participated in the survey said that we should be more careful about commenting on appearance overall. Um, and that, uh, 75% have ha had a negative comment made about their appearance and it made them feel ashamed, which it breaks my heart, really. And I mean, I've certainly experienced that myself. I've had all kinds of comments made about my appearance my whole life, uh, positive, negative, um, and certainly the negative ones when I was very much insecure and very much concerned about the way that I looked and the way that I was being perceived, a negative comment about my appearance was kind of devastating. And so, you know, we don't really know um, what's going on in people's underneath lives, right? And so making a negative comment about their appearance, I I'm going to suggest is probably never helpful. Uh, I don't think there's any a value to it. I think it poisons you as the commenter, and it certainly seems to have a negative impact on them. Um, the fact that they feel ashamed, ugh, that's um, that just hurts me to even read that. It also talked about that 59% of people 
um, have difficulty accepting com- compliments about their appearance, which goes back to probably how they feel about themselves, but also not everybody wants their shell being made a focal point, which is kind of, I mean, that's where I come back to. There's so much more to people than the way that they look. Um, and so I, years ago, it really came from the, it's been a long time. So this training may have changed, but way back in the day, the, in order to avoid sexual harassment and a hostile work environment, it was suggested in the training that we received that we simply not comment on people's appearance at all. And so that's what I chose a long time ago, particularly in the workplace. So, uh, but it, but as I practiced it in the workplace, it also tended to be my norm in life. It didn't mean that I wasn't having a narrative in my head about people, which I've already explained to you where that came from. Um, but I did not, I just stopped commenting. So I, I, I didn't, you know, hand out a lot of compliments, but I also didn't make negative comments about people's appearance typically. The article also indicates that um, when people heard negative comments about their appearance, 48%, so almost half of them agreed, agreed with them. So ugh, it's like, you know, maybe you've gained some weight, which I'm going to, I'm going to get to some of the most painful um, comments that are made. And that happens to be at the top of the list. That probably won't surprise you, but let's say you've gained some weight and you're not feeling all that comfortable with it. Maybe your pants are tight. Um, a friend, my friend calls that TPS, tight pants syndrome. <laughs> so maybe you have TPS, which reminds you, reminds you you've gained weight because your pants are pinching you and you don't like it. And it makes you not feel so great about yourself. I'm going to suggest that it's okay. It's okay. And you don't have to let that make you feel bad about yourself, but let's talk. Let's have real talk, which is normally it makes us kind of feel bad. And then somebody comes along and makes a comment about your weight. Oh my God. So (laughs) not only were you already feeling not so great about it and you already know, hello, I already know, (laughs) but now they've made a comment about something. You agree with it. And whatever shame you might've already be feeling is now amplified by the fact that somebody has clearly noticed this thing. Okay. Who cares? Who cares? Whatever situation you're in, whether you're at work or you're at a social event or you're just out and about, or you're with your family, like the number of pounds on your body has no bearing on your value, your sense of humor, your ability to empathize, your your intellect, your ability to tell a good story, how good of a listener you are, like how good of a cook you are. Maybe you brought some awesome dish, you know, to the potluck. Like there are things that are valuable and fun and that contribute not just to your joy, but to the experience and the joy of others. And the size of your body is not one of them. And if somebody decides 
that it's their business and that it it does matter they're they're wrong they're wrong and that is a reflection of what is going on inside of them it is not actually about you it is not actually about you and you don't have to care okay we're going to take a quick break and then i will tell you some of the other uh, results from this survey which will probably not surprise you you're listening to freedom for humans and we will be right back Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. On Next at the Mic Radio, Voice America producer and host Bonnie D. Invites you to eavesdrop on her live unscripted conversations with Voice America's longtime new and upcoming hosts. Tune in as she uncovers what makes them tick where they find their inspiration, how they define success, handle challenges, and more to inspire you to think out of the box and find your own mic. Enjoy Bonnie D's always lively spotlight conversations on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Are you tired of overeating, overspending, drinking too much, or being in relationships that drain you? Do you have invasive thoughts that make you feel bad about yourself and your life? Do you keep pushing yourself to the next goal only to find that it doesn't bring you happiness? You don't have to live this way. You can live a life of well-deserved freedom and happiness. Coach Kirsten Johansson is here to guide you. Book your free discovery session today at GiraffeTangoOctopus.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans. Have your own story or have questions for Kirsten or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Freedom for Humans. This is Kirsten, your host. And before the break, we were talking about this article in Style Seat on StyleSeat.com about um, making comments about uh, people's appearance and how people actually feel about it. Um, the bottom line is most people don't like it. Most people don't like it and don't really want it to happen, which is interesting, right? Because it's so common. And so <clears throat> it seems like most of us don't like it. Um, so we can change that. All right. So let's get into some of the specifics on um, what people identified as the worst things to comment on regarding appearance. Number one, weight at 76% weight, of course. <laughs> and uh, as I've mentioned, I think I've been eight different sizes and uh, I'm not going to get into the specifics because it doesn't matter. And because I don't want to provide fodder for comparison for anybody who might be struggling or anything like that. But eight different sizes that I've worked my way through up and down and up and down. So, uh, uh, you know, a, a range. Um, and I've had awful stuff said to me. 
when that range gets beyond some magical line where I cease to be considered, I don't know, acceptable, I guess. And then the really nasty stuff starts. Um, And then alternately, when I cross that magical line and am in the smaller sizes, I guess, then here come the compliments and things. So um, it's BS. It's just BS. Um, I'm sick and tired of it. And I I don't make comments about people's appearance, as I mentioned uh, before the break. I just sort of trained myself. Um, and I typically just leave myself alone. Just let myself be, let my body be. Um, and we can all do that. We can all start to practice that. And even if it's just holding your tongue, even if you're going at yourself, um, and maybe you usually would make a comment about somebody's appearance, maybe try just not doing that. Um, knowing that likely, even if it's meant to be a compliment of some kind, they don't want it. And it it makes them feel uncomfortable um, all the way to ashamed. Uh, skin conditions. Okay. Acne and scars are called out, but skin conditions are rank number two at 56%. And I used to pick my skin. So um, I tended to not get like all over acne, but I would get one, uh, one just major pimple that I would freak out about and pick into a flesh eating crater. And okay. I was already super self-conscious and despairing over it. It was a it was a form of self-harm. I'm not going to get into that because that's its own little road to go down. But um, it was for me a form of self-harm and an anesthesia behavior. But so I was already, uh, you know, not in a great place with it. And and I was managing it and trying to cover it and heal it and going to the doctor, the, all the things. And then there's somebody would come. What's what's on your face? <laughs> what's going on with your face? I mean, you already feel like even though this one little spot is probably taking up 1% of your entire like facial uh, facial space, <laughs> you already feel like it's all anybody can see. And then somebody typically has to get, has to bring it up. You know what? Let's not do that. Let's let's not do that. Let's let's let each other be. We've all probably had a pimple or a wound or a scar or or a skin cancer we had to have removed or something that has created um, something on our face and have felt this way about it. So maybe let's just have compassion and not point out when other people have things going on with their faces. Because guess what? They already know. They already know. We don't have to tell them. Uh, teeth. Teeth is number three with 37%. And, um, you know, when I was reading this, it reminded me I I was a manager. I was managing a healthcare center. And um, one of the nurses that worked at a satellite office, she couldn't work that day uh, for some reason. And I think she had taken a sick day and she came in to talk with me. And she was covering her mouth and she was crying. And her, I think she had like a partial, a partial, I think it's called, and it had broken, I, I think. And so it did have a, an impact, I think on her front, 
front teeth. And she was like uh, immobilized by it. Like she could not work. She could not even have a conversation with me without putting her hand in front of her mouth. Um, Very tearful, shaking, as I recall. And so, you know, if you haven't had major issues with your teeth, you might not necessarily think about that. But it is where our smile comes from. And it is one of the things that people potentially notice about us and that we might notice about other people. And so if someone's having something go on with their teeth, they they have one missing or broken or um, whatever else I mentioned earlier, I have a little, have a little like a little yellowing starting. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. So what? We know, we get it. Okay. We don't have to tell each other. We don't have to tell each other. Now, the one exception I'm going to say is if somebody has lost a tooth because they have a big piece of spinach or something like that, please tell. I'm a teller. And either I tell or if it's a booger, (laughs) I get out. I have a, usually I have a little hand mirror. And so the method that I began to use was I would take out the mirror and just sort of, you know, not make a big show of it. Like if we were in a group or something, I would sort of wave the person over and say, Hey, you just got a little something. I would just kind of point a little bit and give them the mirror, just give it to them and let them take care of it. And sure. They were like, Oh, you know, they had a little bit of embarrassment, but the embarrassment of finding that at the end of the night, after you've talked to 20 people with spinach in your teeth or a booger hanging out of your nose, (laughs) I mean, come on. Um, So let's, Let's be supportive of each other and tell when it's something like that. When it's something the person can't do anything about, it's probably already bothering them. Just don't, don't say anything about that. You know, have a little, have a little empathy and compassion. Um, the fourth one is lack of hair or loss of hair. And okay, this makes me laugh, but it's really, it's not really funny, but it makes me laugh. So whatever, I'm just going to say that. So I went to a party and it was a hat party and just, just somebody who liked a theme, I think. And so it was a hat party and I didn't really want to wear a hat, but I also tried to support whatever the theme is. And so I had gotten some little cat ears. That was my compromise is like a little tiara sort of cat ear thing. Anyway, so we're at the party and my partner at the time is there uh, who is, uh, he's bald. Uh, he's bald. And um, the host of the party who was wearing a hat, he was thinning. His hair was thinning, but he had not shaved it yet. I think my observation with men is they kind of go through a, a, a decision process and an acceptance process And if it thins enough at some point, they often choose to just shave it off versus to try to keep it in its thinning state. So these two guys were at different places with that. And my former partner in front of me and, um, and somebody else, he reached over and he took the guy's hat off and he said, Hey dude, it's balding season. 
I mean, the shock and horror on the guy's face, my jaw dropped, I'm sure. I mean, I don't think I maintain neutral face. I, I was just in shock. And, you know, knowing, even knowing that men sometimes roast each other in ways that women would never touch, which I find funny and interesting, but I think you have to have a relation, a roasting kind of relationship. And I don't think that, I don't think that existed here. This is just my observation. So anyway, I, I, it was shocking to me and I could sort of see on the guy's face that it was shocking to him and not in a good way. What is the point when someone is losing their hair or, or it's thinning or whatever, what is the point in saying something about that? I, I don't, I don't see any point. It just seems kind of hurtful. Uh, number five is wrinkles and sagging. Well, okay. Here's where we get into aging being unacceptable and aging being bad in some way. And I believe that I did. I had all the injections and, and lasers and some surgery and the whole thing to try to maintain this youthful appearance that I somehow believed was more valuable. I don't believe that anymore at all. Um, it is normal for human beings to age. And as we age, our skin wrinkles, that's a sign of aging. And some of us sag, some of us wrinkle, some of us sag, and some of us wrinkle and sag. That's part of aging. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. This idea that youth is more valuable in some way, I just, I now don't believe that at all. I would not want to be young again um, for anything. I Even if I could know what I know now, because some people, sometimes people say, well, if I could keep all my wisdom, but have my, you know, my younger body or my younger skin, I don't even want that. I don't care. I don't care. I would much rather um, welcome some signs of aging, you know, of the the truth of living a life. Um, okay, so let me kind of zip through. Uh, our time has gone fast today. Okay, so let me zip through the other things just so that we know what not to comment on. Really don't comment on anything. No comment on anything, but just in case, here are some specifics. Um, moles, <laughs> moles and warts. Again, a person can't do anything about that, at least not right in the moment. Um, and maybe they don't care to. And so, hmm, I did have somebody, I do have a, a mole on my face and it's like kind of flesh colored and it's a little bit vascular. It's one of those kind. And I did have somebody call it, oh, I can't remember what they called it. It's escaping me at the moment, but it wasn't very nice. And um, it's never bothered me. And uh, the comment didn't particularly bother me, but I did take note of it uh, because it was just, it seemed unkind and unnecessary. And of course, I now know it just comes from the person's own uh, inner narrative and the things that they say to themselves about appearance. But um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't particularly uh, enjoy it as I recall. Uh, okay. Here's another one that we can't do a thing about height. 
height. Don't comment on people's height. So, okay, I'm a tall person and I was walking in Valletta um, on Malta and there was a very tiny woman and like very tiny under well under five foot, um, like diminutive. And she said something along the lines of, can I have some of your height? Or can I take some of your height and, and add it onto mine? And I said, well, I think you are the perfect size, which was true, which was true. She was just, just seemed perfect and great to me. And um, it was interesting. Her whole countenance uh, changed and kind of lit up. And perhaps she had not considered, I don't know, but perhaps she had not considered that she was perfect just as she is. You are perfect just as you are. And when you change, you will still be perfect just as you are because you are what you are in the moment and, and denying it and rejecting it and wishing it to be different is really um, harmful to you. Um, okay, quickly in our final moments, lack of makeup. Okay, I don't wear makeup anymore. And so uh, I'm, I'm kind of familiar uh, with, with transitioning from someone who pretty much always wore makeup to somebody who never wears makeup. And so that shows up um, as an unwanted remark. Body hair, body hair, everyone. I love body hair. I do. I love it. <laughs> I, I try to get my partner to just leave his body hair until I go to the U.S. and then he shaves it, you know. Uh, but I, I really love it. And lastly, gray hair. So then here we are, we're getting back into the, you know, the anti sort of aging, uh, belief system. I have some gray hair coming and great. Awesome. I earned it. If you have some, you also earned it. Okay. So that's all we have time for. Um, I will perhaps maybe share a little bit more about this on another show because there are some other information in here um, that I also found pretty interesting, but I think it makes a case, right? For accepting ourselves, uncoupling our value from our appearance, accepting our own appearance, loving ourselves and doing the same for others and centering their humanity and their other qualities that are actually important. All right. Have a great week. You can find me at drafttangooctopus.com. Love yourself, free yourself, be yourself, and dance your own tango. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope we have helped you learn to love yourself unconditionally and accept and celebrate everything that makes you, you. Tune in next Wednesday for another episode. And in the meantime, dance your own tango.